Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand, please. You know, God is worthy. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God, and He's about to show the earth His might. He's about to show the earth His might. He's about to show Himself and that the earth is not going to be able to deny, thus saith the Lord. And we want to praise Him for it before we even know it. We want to be like the prophet in the temple that was waiting for Jesus, who said, I know He's coming, I know He's coming, I know He's coming, I know He's the one. So shall it be very soon as the Holy Spirit floods this earth. We praise you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. We believe, we believe, we believe, oh God. Holy Spirit, show yourself. Show yourself. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. All right, I'm done preaching. How y'all doing? It's good to see you. It's good to see you online. Thank you for turning in. Twyla Keith from, in the Furmans from Oregon. God bless you and all of those that are everywhere. Uh, Mosey Madugba, it was good to hear from you. Apostle Mosey, we love you. We bless you. Uh, Garth and Tina Kuntz, we bless you. We have a good report on Garth. Garth had surgery Tuesday. It was successful. They got all of the tumor, the cancer's tumor out. The doctor said he doesn't need any more treatments, and he's going to finish running his race. We praise God for that. In Jesus' name, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. We serve a mighty God. <clears throat> I want to share with you a bit of a, an astonishing message today. Astonishing <clears throat> because it has a very strong prophetic undertone. One that I can't hide from. One that I can't run from. Sometimes it's a very uncomfortable place to be put out before the world a world that's always looking to find fault, a, a world that's looking to persecute the Word of God and the people of God. But what are you doing back here? God bless you. It's good to see you. Wave. I'm waving. Yeah, it's you too. Wave. Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's just a boing. Um, anyway, all right. Well, this is your house. You, you stay right here. Yeah, it's good. So I want to enter this with, as we've already covered, with the absolute anointing and covering of the Holy Spirit. I sent out a message, and that message said, Lord, we really do need a big flood. Send us one and do so quickly. And so, this is our prayer, Ephesians. Comes from Ephesians. Let's start in verse 15 and 19. And let's read it together. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 19. Therefore, I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Focus on that. May give to us, to you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of our understanding, that's translated hearts in the Aramaic, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working 
of his mighty power. May the Lord add his understanding to this theme. Another contemporary interpretation of that is that my prayer is that light, light will flood your hearts and that you understand the hope given to you when God chose you. Then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all God's people. So we're asking the Lord to flood our hearts with the Holy Spirit first. We must, first of all, be those who are willing to say, Holy Spirit, use us, not only to use us, but invade us. And that means total submission to God. That means saying that what I have and and what is mine is all yours, Lord, and that I am sold out to you. And then the Lord can use us in the power of his might. Isaiah 59, 19. I want to focus on this scripture for a moment because I believe that the the perception of it is a little bit misconstrued. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. We start off the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, so shall they fear it. For when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. Let's leave that up a moment. When this is translated from the Hebrew, you will be taught that that comma is in the wrong place. When the enemy comes in like a flood. What it should say is, when the enemy comes, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And so the enemy would have us to believe that he is the one who has the strong flood, but the truth of the matter is, it's the Lord's flood of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're declaring for the Lord to release here upon the earth. And he's giving us some specific parameters that he's calling us to. And my intention is to send that message out to wherever it will go next week. I will publish it. I will declare it. I will broadcast it on every means I can get. And I know that I do this with a little trembling in my spirit, but I have to do it. Because the Lord says the time is now, and He's going to show Himself even in the coming weeks in this way. But there are some things for us to do. So, with that emphasis, we understand that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is about to come like a mighty flood. The enemy has come. He's come, he's come. There's lawlessness. We declared it, not in a a joyful way, but the Lord told us it was coming. It came. There's a spirit of delusion, and it's creeping across the earth. The mouth of the enemy is boisting out. We're seeing it from the nations that hate God and hate justice. They are getting stronger and speaking louder and trying to consume more. It's as if they know there's a short window to grab something, and they're trying to grab it. We see it in this country. Good is calling evil and evil good. We see people proclaiming and speaking out against the things that we hold dear to our hearts for God. Yes, this is a political theater, but the bottom line is there are assignments of God that are, have been prayed for 
to be completed. Do not lose sight of the fact that this is a classic battle, an end-time battle for the life of the unborn children. Do not lose fact of that. Do not let everything else obscure you. Do not let anything else obscure you. The bottom line is we are one or two justices away from overturning this curse upon this nation of killing the unborn children. We must pray that to its conclusion. And this is the answer of prayer. And I don't think there's a Christian alive that's a true practicing Christian. And unfortunately, there are many who call themselves Christians and believe that somehow it's a woman's reproductive right for babies to be killed. That's not a reproduction, is it? That's an assassination. That's martyr. That's killing. And so we understand that Christians who believe in the Word of God, there's not one alive that shouldn't say, yes, we need to stop that curse. Because when we call it to a stop in this nation, it reverberates around the world. And people begin to get strong, and there's a challenge of righteousness that comes out. And that is a clarion call of God. And what else is being threatened is our very ability to practice our faith. God forbid if things were beginning to reverse again. Could you imagine if we had had another eight years of where we left off in 2016? The church would be totally shut up. And they're trying to do it now. And we need a Supreme Court that says no. And we need a Senate that says no. We need an executive office that says no. We need an attorney general that says no. We need, we must stand up with that. And so this is that clarion call. This is that opportunity. And we see that it's reverberating across the earth. The comma is not in the wrong place. The comma's in the right place. When the enemy comes in, the Holy Spirit rises up like a flood to shut him down. But we must be the instruments for the Holy Spirit to work through here on earth. God is looking for righteous people to not only stand in the gap, but to stand in the front and say no. And beloved, that's about what is about ready to happen. There's something very interesting also about that. What we see is a call for divine intervention, and that's what we need. How many of you know that it's not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of God? It's divine intervention. And so we can try to do everything we can politically, but unless God intercedes, unless God intervenes, then we have no power. But we are calling upon the power of Almighty God to intervene. And He's going to do so in ways that we have not imagined, in ways that we can't consider. And the one thing I like about watching God move when He moves is how astonished the enemy becomes. Isn't it amazing? When God moves, the enemy stands with its mouth open and then begins to give all kind of reasons and excuses for failure. But the bottom line is, failure came upon the enemy when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And we are already victorious in his name. And the enemy is already defeated unless we give him a foothold. But we are raising the standard of the banner. And we are saying, no more. That standard of the banner is a defense. That standard of the banner says that the banner of the Lord is over the just call. 
and the just shall be those that succeed. The truth for the believer is that when the enemy comes in, the Holy Spirit rises up to conquer. That's why we can declare, therefore, we are more than conquerors in Christ. We're not those who are defeated. Beloved, there's a defeatist attitude coming upon the earth. Forget about just the United States. It's coming upon the earth right now because the enemy is billowing. The enemy is trying to grab and defeat people and make it look like there's, that the, 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 the mountain is too high to climb. The problems are too many. And that's when God shows up. When we cry out to him and say, Lord, this is too big for us. I can't handle it. I don't know what to do with it. Then the Lord says, step aside and let me go in front. And his breath begins to blow. And in the flesh of God that created man recreates everything that is antagonistic to the things of God's people. The truth of the believer is that we've already got victory. It's nothing new, the clamor that we hear coming right now from those that want to practice godlessness. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Isaiah chapter 14, in, in verses 12 and 17, we get a, a, a snippet of what the devil said. We get a snippet of what the Lord heard when the devil went into rebellion. And the two words that he kept saying is, I will, I will, I will, I will. So the enemy cries out, I will do this, I will do this. You will not be able to do that. We see it again in Ezekiel 28 and 2, verses 6, 13 through 19. In your heart, God said, this devil has said, I am God. And we can hear that coming out right now. Daniel cried out that at this time, there would be an opportunity for the enemy to try to change the seasons and the times. And that this voice of perdition, this antichrist spirit would cry out against God's saints and God's people to try and wear them down, but to change the times and the seasons. Beloved, we haven't hit that point yet. This is a precursor of it. So God is telling us to stand up and say, no, you're not going to change the times and the seasons in our lives right now. We declare and take them back. We are not going to succumb to a society of lawlessness. We declare the just and law and the might of God Almighty. We stand for law and order. We will not let it slip through our hands in the name of Jesus. When Christ said on the cross it was finished, guess what? What he said was it was no longer a time when we were slaves. It was no longer a time when we were lost without power. It was no longer a time when we were grabbling in the dust and dirt trying to find our way. Christ said, it is finished. And because it's the finished work of the cross, we can stand strong and must stand strong now and declare we are new creation creatures of power and might and abundance in God Almighty. And it's time for us to let our voice be heard. And not only our voice heard in the earth, but from the heavens to the earth, all the Lord is waiting for us is to cry out like we are right now. And there's a call going across the earth. I was on a phone call with a very dear friend who is linked into every international prayer ministry in the world, and we discussed strategy 
for a while on Friday, and he declared to me that there are nations all throughout the earth who are fasting and praying for what? For the United States right now. Because they see because of this emblem, because of what it stands for, because of the force of the enemy against it to try and tear it down as a bulwark against communism and socialism and Marxism, and worst of all, against atheism and agnosticism. They have answered the call, and they are fasting and praying all over the earth in ministries right now and repenting for this country, repenting for this country. It is time this country begins to fast and pray and repent going into this season. The enemy would have you believe all is lost. We're about ready to go into a time of confusion and chaos and socialism and even atheism and agnosticism. And after all, it's the moderate thing that we should all do. Well, moderation never got anybody into heaven. Moderation, lukewarm, means you get spit out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. I'm not a moderate. I don't want to be a moderate. I never shall be a moderate. I shall never teach moderation. What I teach is to be fundamentally on fire for God and God only. We must be hot and on fire and never let down. Never let down. And so we see, we see that the finished work of the cross brought us that which is ours. Isaiah 43, 2 declares that the standard that is lifted up against the enemy is the word of God. And the true power is as we surrender to God and quit trying to do it in our own might. So daily we put this armor on and we go further and we stand strong in that day. Now let's talk about water for a moment. You can't have a flood without water. Is that correct? I mean, I guess you could be flooded with some other kind of a chemical. But a true flood, the kind of spiritual flood is water. Scriptures of the Holy Spirit and water. John 7, 37 through 39. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those he believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. Zechariah 13 talks about a fountain. And in my early days, when I was locked up with the Lord on Selma Avenue, no electricity, actually no water, not much food, no money, pockets turned inside out, very few clothes left. And I had many, many visions in that period of time. It was just the Lord and I. And one I saw was the fountain of David being opened up. That scripture says, in that day there shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David in the habits of Jerusalem for sin and, un and for uncleanliness. 
Now, we understand that there's only one way to the Father and that through Christ, and I'm not preaching a different gospel. I'm not telling you that there's any way for your sins to be washed away but by confessing Jesus Christ and entering into the blood covenant. But what I am saying to you, there's a preparation process, and the preparation process is the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm a testimony of that, and I believe most of you are as well. If you open your eyes, the Holy Spirit began working on you long before you entered into the blood covenant with Jesus Christ. God would not let go of you. The Holy Spirit was after you like a hound dog. The Holy Spirit was there. He was in your conscience. He was in your conviction. He was getting you out of troubles and problems that you didn't deserve to get out of. There had been somebody, sometime, someplace that had prayed for you, and God was honoring those prayers, and the Holy Spirit was performing that work. Well, I believe we're entering into that era very, very shortly where the fountain of David is opening up unto the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanliness. Now, the word of the Lord must go forth from Jerusalem. And so this word isn't just for the people of Jerusalem. It's for all that are in darkness whose eyes can't see throughout the earth. So when we ask for the Holy Spirit to flood, I want you to see the vision of the fountain of David opening up from the deep as the deep calls to deep. And this fountain has a special anointing, and it's an anointing to prepare, to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. It's a preparation of the Holy Spirit to begin to wash and cleanse and get hearts and minds ready to take that step and say, Jesus Christ is Lord God Almighty. Which one of you can say honestly that you always walked in the light? Which one of you can honestly say that you didn't serve a life that right now you wouldn't want people to know about too much? Which one of you wouldn't say that you've got some skeletons in the closet? I don't know about you, but when I hear families telling me that everybody in their family is perfect and everything is good, I already know they're lying. I already know there's a problem. I already know there's something there, and my prayer for them is, why don't you meet it head on and face on, and let's get honest with God, because that's not going to get you anywhere. We understand that that spirit of cleansing is about to be released in the earth, and that is part of what we are declaring for the Holy Spirit to do. We want to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the way that prepares the way for the coming of the Lord, and then empowers us to do what we must do. The Holy Spirit can do a much better job than you and I can do. We don't have the right words to say. We can't be in all the places. We don't understand somebody deep in their core where it's at. We don't know their generational curses. We don't understand their history. We have no idea what their future is, but he does. And he wraps it up perfectly. And he speaks into the heart in a way that only God and he can understand and the heart of that person can. So we cry out. We cry out for the fountain of David to open up. Psalms 42, 7. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls, and all your waves and billows have gone over me. Deep calls unto deep. The deep voice of the Spirit inside of you, inside of every person, is crying out to the deep voice of God. And the communicator, the transmission line, is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is searching the deep things of the hearts, the deep things of the heart of God, depositing from the heart of God into the hearts of people and the hearts of people into God. And He does surgery, but He does it so gentle. 
He's not as brisk and as, and, and as intolerant as we are because he knows the end result. He knows that the will of the Father is to get everybody there. So we want to be those who see while this fountain of David is opening up the billows and the, and the fountain and the, and the waters flowing up and flowing not only over us, but over everything that we declare and every person that we declare it into. Genesis. 7-Eleven. Now, we can't think of a flood without thinking about the flood. The flood. Noah and the flood. The flood that covered the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth, as the song says. The flood that not only covered the earth, but cleansed the earth. It just fell a little short. There was one child that was still rebellious in the ark, and that one child seeded some of that anarchy back in to the earth. And that's why God had to say, okay, I'm not going to destroy it that same way again. But those who bless you shall be blessed, and those who curse you shall be cursed. 7-11, I love that, Genesis 7-11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. It came from the deep and it came from the heavens, the windows in heaven and the fountains of the deep. On the 600th birthday, now don't let that slide by you. What is the number six? The number of man. God made an effort through the flood to recreate man again, to give man another chance to wipe things out. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is about to flood the earth to recreate man one more time new creation in his image, to give an opportunity for those who will step into the ark of righteousness and salvation to escape that which is about to come on the earth. I believe it's right at our fingertips. I believe it's about to happen. And I believe that this chaos and confusion and lawlessness has primed the pump where some people are going to say, I don't like this. Even though this hasn't been my politics, I don't like this. Something is wrong with this. It's coming to my house now. It's coming to my doorstep now. Isn't it interesting how we see our politicians so bold and allowing people to loot and do everything? Boy, do they change quickly when they show up at their doorstep. Boy, do they get a different attitude when they begin to see their children in danger. Boy, do they get a different attitude when they go out talking their trash and end up getting egged and spit upon and beat upon because they're not quite radical and crazy enough. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it sometimes that people have to have one foot in the flood and one foot in the ark to understand it's better to pull into the ark? And so there's an ark of righteousness that God is establishing in the earth. We want to be that ark. We want to stand in there because the, the flood is about. The floodgates of the heavens are opening up. Genesis 1.9. In the creation, the first thing God did. The first thing God did. Let's read it very quickly. Starting in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Beloved, we're right back there. There is darkness on the face of the deep. The earth is becoming void of the righteousness of God. The voice of the people of God is being drowned out by the voice of the people of Noah's time. And Jesus even said, there will be those who will be just like in Noah's time. They will be drinking and partying. They will be cursing. They will be living the life of prostitution and whoring and drugs and lust, and greed, 
in rebellion against God, and then shall the Son of Man come. So we understand that this flood, the time to get in the ark, is a preparation for the way of the coming of the Lord. And in the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, oh, I love this part. Can you see it? Close your eyes and see it. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I like another word that says brooding. He was brooding over the face of the waters. I could just see him. I just, I see the, the face of God, the big nose. You know, God has a big nose, right? Right, God. The big nose of God to take in big God breaths and to let big breaths go. That Holy Spirit over. Life, life, the nefesh of God brooding and brooding. And the Spirit of God was brooding over the face of the waters. And look what happens. Next verse. Then God said, let there be light. Let there be light. Brooding over the waters. Brooding over the face of the earth. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Lord, open the eyes of our heart that we could see the light. Open the eyes of the heart of this nation. Open the eyes of the heart of the heathen across the world. You know what, beloved? This may sound too, too, too much faith to you, but I believe, I believe, I believe, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe that we're going to see great revival that's going to be published and broadcast with impunity in China. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I have the Holy Spirit all over me. You see... That is such a big thing that seems so impossible. Well, that's when God stands up because there's people in China who are getting martyred and persecuted, crying out to God, and they have a plan. They have a plan to try and overcome the earth, that communist government that's there that hates God and hates their own people that love God. But watch what God's going to do. I'm telling you, God's going to do something. He's going to do a mighty work. Just like he did with the wall in the Soviet Union, it came down in a day and God's people flooded out. So is God going to do a work there. Can you believe it? Can you receive it? Can you declare it? Will you pray for it? Do you promise to pray for it? We have a special anointing and love for Asia from this ministry. It's sewn into our mantles. If you're part of this ministry, it's sewn into your mantle. You will see something when you begin to intercede and pray for Asia, for North Korea, for, for, for China, and even Indonesia and some of the areas that are under Muslim attack and in that area, watch what will happen in your spirit. You're going to percolate because that's in you. It's part of who we are. It's part of our ministry mantle. Crawl in there and shake it up. God said, let there be light, and the light was good. And then he divided the light, and God called the day uh, the light day and the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And the firmament came about. And then he gathered the waters into one place. The life, the life had to come first and foremost with water. And so now the life as we prepare for our rebirth a rebirthening, a reawakening, a revival, an understanding. Yes, in the earth, but most and foremost in the body of Christ, in those who call themselves Christians. Beloved, if you saw my POTUS alert, I was crying out in my charisma uh, uh, interview last week. I was crying out that God will put the pastors in the pulpits on fire. 
and that they won't be intimidated and they will speak truth wherever they're at because pastors have the opportunity and the anointing to shepherd. And sheep want to hear the voice. And sheep will respond to the voice that is of God. But if it's not coming from the pulpit, then they're scattered. They're confused. And when a message comes from the pulpit that says, we don't touch that here. We don't speak about such things here. We're just going to praise Jesus. Well, that's wonderful. That's called your own party. That's keeping it within your own realm. That's eating the grass that the sheep should be feeding upon. So we're praying for a revival in the pulpits with pastors for fire to come. Now this. Genesis 7, 1 through 6. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all of your house. Come into the ark. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Right? How big is our house? Our house is the body of Christ. How big is the body of Christ? Maybe not as big as we think it is. Has a lot of numbers. But those numbers aren't really on fire for God. A lot of them aren't even caring about the things of God. Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you, now listen to this, seven, each of every animal, male and female, seven of the birds, for after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days. Seven, seven, seven. You know, uh, early on, before I knew God and I played sports, I always would try to get that number seven. And when I didn't get it, I was upset. My son who followed after me, we always got him the number seven. Of course, I knew why he was getting seven then. I didn't know why I was. Because that's the number of the Lord. God isn't it all right. And it's the number of completion and creation. And it's the number of perfection. Seven, seven. The Lord is calling us. And we're going to set the date. Most likely, it's going to be right around September 16th, which is a wonderful date. I'm not going to tell you why. That's a wonderful date. September 16th. We're going to go into one week, seven days of fasting and prayer. We're going to prime the pump. We're going to do the seven days in the Ark of the Righteousness. And on the eighth day, which also happens to fall in Yom Kippur, the time of atonement, when God releases it into the earth again for a fresh start, on that eighth day, we're going to begin to see the 40 days of the flood releasing upon this earth. I believe that with all my heart. That's the clarity God gave me. Seven days, seven days, Noah went into the ark and waited. Can you imagine what was going on in his mind and in his heart for seven days, dealing with those animals and the dung of the animals. And you can imagine some of his family saying, what are we doing in here? Look out there. They had one little window. They probably were taking window time, like television time, looking out the window in that dark arc to see what was going on. The smell of the animals beginning to permeate, losing the comfort of their home, beginning to eat their food. Seven days. But on the eighth day, the fountains of the deep opened up and the windows of heaven opened up. And the waters began to pour out for 40 days, for 40 days. If you count 40 days from that period of time, it takes you right up to November, right up to November. 
right up to November. Seven and 40. How many of you are saying that I think I can jump on board with that? I, I think I could believe God for the seven days. There's different ways to fast. We'll talk about that. If you're on medicines and that, you need to be careful. Me, I'm sort of looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I've been saying to the Lord, I need to get rid of some of this. And he said, I'm going to show you how. I'm gonna, I said, Lord, you need to tell my wife. She just cooks too much and gives me too much food. I blame it on her, right? You need to tell my wife. 40 days. Rosh Hashanah. The Jewish New Year begins September 18th through the 20th. And then comes Yom Kippur. So, this we see. Yes, the enemy can act like he's a flood. Revelation 12 says the enemy spewed out a flood to try and swallow up the woman, which was also the woman that gave birth to Christ the first time, and the body of Christ, which is going to bring Christ back the second time through what we're doing. But something happened. It says the earth helped out the woman and swallowed up the flood. We're believing God for that. When God sent Moses into Pharaoh to show his power, he said, take your rod and have Aaron throw it down. And it turned into a serpent. Well, the sorcerers had an answer for that. They threw one down and it turned into a serpent too. God said, let me one-up you. And Aaron's serpent swallowed their serpent. The enemy can try to counterfeit what God has, but we've already won. I don't know about you, but I'm, I have I have excitement and anticipation to see what God is going to do. I know He's going to do something, and I can't tell you with clarity. I fully understand it. I'm getting more and more glimpses. But God is about to do a mighty shaking in this earth. And it's not going to be a repeat of what has happened before. And I don't care who they are and what they are. They're going to have to stop in astonishment and say, Oh, somebody's God. Whether it's my God, their God. Oh, my God. That's what God's going to do. And that's the words he keeps giving me. Oh, my God. I'm about ready to see it. You're about ready to see it. But we have a hand in it. We have a hand in it. We're like the midwives. we got to make it happen. We're the ones who are supposed to feel the birth pains and push. We're supposed to hold on to the hand of that which God is about ready to put out. Because let me tell you something. The enemy sees the forces of God and angels starting to amass. God pulls them forth and I can see tens of thousands of them getting ready to flood the earth with the Holy Spirit. God is about to move mightily. And we're going to see it. But we need to be part of it. And we need to call others to be part of it with us. Amen? How many of you saying here and online, count me, I'm in. Count me, I'm in. Lord, count me, I'm in. I'm going to believe you, Lord God. I'm in. And he's going to give us the declaration and the prayer points. We're not going to just go in foolish without understanding. We're going to go in strong like surgeons with laser eyesight to determine what the Lord would have us to pull down and to do. And it, we're going to be offensive, not defensive. We've been on the defense too long, beloved in the body of Christ. On the defense too long, it's about time to take back what the enemy is trying to steal. And here's the good news. And we declare it now and we declare it then. What the enemy tries to steal, by the law of God, he's got to give you back five times. How many of you want a five-time return? Who wants a five-time return, huh? And what the enemy has stolen, he must give you seven times. Ha <laughs> ha. So whether he's trying or whether he did, I'm getting a five or a seven, but I'm getting something. 
in Jesus' name. Most of us would be happy with a double return, but God says, no, 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 no. We're going to make him pay. We're going to make him pay. I'd like to equate it to souls. How about five souls? How about seven souls? How about five nations? How about seven nations? How about territory and dominion? How about authority and power in everything that we do? Take it back and let's go get it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the declaration and power might of God. I ask you, Lord, that you open many eyes and hearts and clarity begins to flow. And the mouths of prophets, Lord, that are speaking confusion, that you would stop them in this season. And the mouths of those prophets that are seeing clearly that you would give them the pulpit that they need to be heard. I pray, Father, that pastors and shepherds will grab onto it, even if they don't understand it, and say, Lord, I have to do this. I'm not going to abide by false laws and pretenses. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to tell my people what must be happening and take them to the right place. Fire up your pastors. Fire up your shepherds. Fire up your leaders. Fire up your prayer warriors and worshipers and watchmen, oh God. Let us rise up to this moment and fight it back with you, Father. You go before us. You raise the standard. Holy Spirit, come and flood this earth. Flood it. Flood it, Lord, so that not even a hair can be lost above it. In Jesus' name, amen.